All right, well, welcome back to our systematic theology study. Uh, this week, or at this time, we're looking, we're on number 19 of, of 60, we're looking at the nature of sin. Um, last week, we looked at the creation of man, uh, so that kind of leads into this well. Next time, we'll look at the original sin, but here we're kind of looking, defining more uh, what sin is and what overall effect it has had. Um, I'm going to start this time. We're going to look at chapter 6 of our confession. Um, if you have your confessions, you're welcome to open up, or you can just listen. It's fine. But we're going to look at what our confession has to say on this subject, and then we'll uh, pause, as we always do, and watch our video uh, with Dr. Sproul. Then we'll uh, come back and we'll go over our overview and, and have our questions and our discussion, and hopefully have a good discussion on the subject. Um, all right, let's look at chapter 6 in our confession. Chapter 6 is entitled, Of the Fall of Man, of Sin, and the Punishment Thereof. Paragraph 1, Although God created man upright and perfect, and gave him a righteous law, which had been unto life, had he kept it, and threatened death upon the breach thereof, yet he did not long abide in this honor. Satan, using the subtlety of the serpent to seduce Eve, then by her seducing Adam, who, without any compulsion, did willfully transgress the law of their creation and the command given unto them in eating the forbidden fruit, which, <coughs> which God was pleased, according to his wise and holy counsel, to permit, having purposed to order it to his own glory. Paragraph 2. Our first parents, by this sin, fell from their original righteousness and communion with God, and we in them, whereby death came upon all, all becoming dead in sin, and wholly defiled in all the faculties and parts of soul and body. Paragraph 3. They being the root, and by God's appointment, standing in the room instead of all mankind, the guilt of the sin was imputed, and corrupted nature conveyed to all their posterity, descending from them by ordinary generation, being now conceived in sin, and by nature children of wrath, the servants of sin, the subjects of death, and all other, <clears throat> all other miseries, spiritual, temporal, and eternal, unless the Lord Jesus set them free. Paragraph 4. From this original corruption, whereby we are utterly indisposed, disabled, and made opposite to all good, and wholly inclined to all evil, do, do precede all actual transgressions. Paragraph 5, the corruption of nature during this life does remain in those that are regenerated, and although it be through Christ pardoned and mortified, yet both itself and the first motions thereof are truly and properly sin. So I think we're going to see as we look um, through this session a lot of similar language in our, our study and our video here, uh, and a lot of um, connections here to, to that paragraph in our confession. Um, let's go ahead and pause now. We'll watch our video and then come back and do our overview and discussion. All right. Well, I think that was a good introduction to, to the nature of sin, looking at what is sin and what is its overall effect. Um, let's look at our overview together of what we just studied. Nature of sin introduction. Although the full measure of sin and its effects in the world are often overlooked, 
The Christian doctrine of sin recognizes the vastness of the problem and takes it seriously. Here we describe the impact of the fall in nature, in our relationship with God, and in our relationship with others and ourselves. Overview. Something is very wrong with the world in which we live. Although God created the universe in its perfect state, the fall of mankind brought tragedy and curse upon the entire universe. There are cosmic ramifications of sin. Because humans had dominion over the earth, the earth was cursed along with Adam and humanity. The effects of sin upon man and the universe are, people are alienated or estranged from one nature, two God, three each other, and four themselves. What is the nature of sin? Sin can be defined as, quote-unquote, missing the mark, like when an archer misses his target. It is the standard or norm of God's law that is the target. The Westminster Shorter Catechism defines sin as any want of conformity to or transgression of the law of God. What is the origin of sin? Did God call it sin? Theologians refer to sin in the Latin terms Privatio, think of privation or lacking, and negatio, think of negation or opposite. Sin is usually defined in negative terms against the positive norm of God's character or law, yet sin is actual and real. It is something in which we are personally involved. So let's look at our uh, kind of review questions. Is sin a problem limited to mankind? No, the curse of the fall caused cosmic upheaval and all creation groans as it awaits restoration. How has sin primarily affected our relationships, including with God, others, and self? And we looked at the term of estrangement. And I I put some uh, biblical references here to kind of go along with that. So let me look those up and read those real quick. Give me one minute. Okay, Colossians one twenty one, And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. It continues on, but the first part is what we're looking at. Who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. And Romans 8, 7. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And finally, finally Titus 3.3. 3. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. So we, we can see uh, here from these biblical references how uh, we have this estrangement in these various ways. The Greek word for sin, harmatia, was originally a term used in which discipline it was archery. And we can look, uh, as he mentioned, we can look at uh, Romans 
3.23, which we probably all know by heart anyway. But it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Okay, what is a transgression? An active violation of God's law. There are sins of commission, we do what we ought not, and omission, we don't do what we ought. Which words are used to describe the nature of evil? Privation and negation. Because of sin, we lack perfect righteousness and possess the opposite of good. What is evil dependent upon? Good. Evil cannot be understood apart from God's positive norm. It is against God's good. Okay, finally, let's look at our, our discussion questions. Uh, how much of the world is harmed by sin and why? Misty, do you know this one? The entire world. <laughs> the entire world. Okay, why? Um, well, this is against one because um, humans had dominion over the earth and the earth was cursed along with Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. But also, I think back to the confession in chapter or paragraph three, we had a really good explanation. It says, well, I know you read it earlier. Baby, root, and by God's appointment, standing in the room, instead of all mankind, the guilt of sin was imputed and corrupted nature conveyed to all their posterity descendants from them by ordinary generations, now being conceived in sin by nature, children of God. Mm -hmm. And the servants of sin, subject to death and all other miseries, spiritual, temporal, and eternal, unless the Lord Jesus set them free. Yeah, so we, we see the far-reaching uh, effects of sin. It's um, not just mankind, not just man's heart, but it's our entire uh, physical reality in which we live. We live in a broken, fallen, sinful world. Um, okay, second question. What four ways is man affected by sin? Yeah, so we, we looked at the estrangement or the alienation between mankind and nature, so the world in which we live, right? God, our creator, each other, so all, all other mankind, and even ourselves. Um, and how would you say, I, I thought ourselves is the most interesting one because we, we tend to forget that. I mean, we think of sin... We automatically think of, you know, we're violating God's law, right? So we think of the relationship between man and God. Sometimes we think about nature because we see so much sin and evil in the world. Um, or, you know, hurting each other. But we often forget that it, it's, <laughs> it's broken even our own relationship with ourselves. So um, how do we see that kind of play out in our own lives and, and the lives of our loved ones around us? I think sin twists our perception of all things, including ourselves. We mm. don't see ourselves rightly, and we don't see the benefit of walking in obedience to the Lord rightly. And so there's there's almost always an element of self-harm when we choose to mm. sin. 
when we choose to not um, steward our possessions rightly according to God's law. It, 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 it damages ourselves whether we're not um, budgeting rightly or overspending or stealing. There's always some, some effect to our own soul that's mm. damaging. Um, and, and that's just one example, but pretty much in any area, mm -hmm. God's, God's law is good for us, each one of us. And so we're always, we're always hindering our own, um, our own good reflective image mm. as image bearers. Right. Um, yeah, and we look at how rampant things are in our society, like depression and suicide. You know, we, we truly have this broken relationship with ourselves, and we even even non-believers have that sense of you know of not liking themselves they know there's something wrong with themselves uh, even even if they haven't understood the gospel um, they have that sense there's something wrong with themselves uh, so and many of us probably have experienced that even in our own loved ones you know suffering from depression or suicidal thoughts or, or just low self-esteem in general, right? Okay, uh, let's see, next question. Uh, what is the nature of sin? Anything outside the law of God? Yeah, so we looked at it kind of in terms of missing the mark, right? Of uh, falling short of God's law. And God's law is the standard, the norm, um, by which we, we ought to, to live and think and obey. Um, you know, it, it's interesting to me that like when we, the verse that says, for, for um, all have sinned and come short of the, fall short of the glory of God. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, I've, I've always thought, I've always known it as archery, and I've always thought of it as an arrow going and stopping and falling short. Hmm. It's interesting to me to hear it, so much talk about it being off the mark, because if we get there, we're just a little bit off. Oh. <laughs> to me, I'm like, I just think we fall short. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we even get to the point. To the, well, the boy. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and it's interesting, in the Geneva Bible, it says, well, in old English, deprived of the glory of God. I thought that was interesting. Like they used mm -hmm. the word deprived, like he was mm -hmm. talking about here. Lacking the glory of God, yeah. Right, and so we, yeah, like we looked at in previous times, we looked at the attributes of God and the communicable attributes of God and how um, we've, we've lost some of those since the fall, right? Mm -hmm. So... Um, we uh, we have in some small measure parts of, of those attributes like righteousness. We can achieve a certain level of righteousness, but we cannot achieve per perfect righteousness in this life. Um, that is, we're deprived of that, right? So the fall has deprived us of that. Okay. Finally, uh, did God call sin? <laughs> he allowed it. He allowed it. Okay. 
This is this is an interesting one because there's a lot of um, uh, those who who attack Christianity for for the idea um, that if God is sovereign and almighty and there's sin in the world and therefore God created sin, but they're not under understanding the reality, right? So we we can see even our confession that says God is not the creator or author of sin. Um, we we definitely confess that, but yes, God uh, created man. Uh, with with a will to to be able to transgress his law and, and man did. <laughs> I like the one of the R.C. Sproul sermons where he's talking about the Odyssey, which is that problem of mm-hmm. you know, that's evil in the world, and um, and he says that while God didn't create sin and or evil, and, and evil obviously is not good. It is good that evil exists, and um, yeah, it's because somehow, mm-hmm. <laughs> outside our ability to comprehend, it glorifies Him. Right for God's glory, and that He works all things for good. Right, so it's an interesting concept. Yeah, and, and admittedly, that that's one of the more difficult discussions to have with an unbeliever trying to help them understand the difference between. You know, God creating uh, the universe and man, and and yet He didn't create sin, but sin does exist in this in this fallen world. Um, but we do have to confess God did not create sin Himself. Um, okay, what did you guys think on the on this session? Was it helpful? Did we did we learn anything today? I thought it was helpful, some of the, the terms he gave us and, and uh, some of the ways to, to understand, like the, he's talking about the negation, so looking at sin in terms of, uh, you know, of negative, it's, it's, it's opposed to God's good, right? So we can't really understand sin if we don't understand good, and by definition, good is from God, so <laughs> we have to understand God, or at least what God has revealed to us. So. Mm-hmm. I think that the assignment he was given for that sermon was to define evil. Okay. And his answer was, evil isn't. <laughs> that was his general answer. Of course, he went into a lot of but it kind of reminded, even though it's, this is much more simplistic, but it kind of reminded me of uh, somewhere along the way I heard that Darkness does not exist. It's the absence of light. Right? Correct, yeah. So it's a similar plot. Mm-hmm. It really, I don't know if it really holds up. But. I guess it's kind of looking like black and white, right? Well, white is the complete reflection of the, of the color spectrum, and black would be no reflection. Mm-hmm. Nothing's coming back. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <It> and uh, <laughs> well, I mean, because the Bible uses those terms that God is light and in Him there is no darkness. And then that gets into what we looked at previously about how deceptive Satan can be, right? Angel of light, so it's trying to fool us. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
But then we also, you know, I think we predominantly focused here on uh, the flesh because, you know, when we look at evil and, and the problem of sin, we think of the world, the flesh, and the devil. Um, but, and I think it was right for us to, to kind of focus on the flesh here, to focus on ourselves and our own sinful hearts. Um, but we'll, we'll flesh it out more as we look into um, next time, I believe, is the origin, so, original sin. Flesh it out. Yeah, we'll flesh it out. Yes, pun, <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> All right, any uh, questions or thoughts before we close this one? All right, well, let's, uh, let's close in prayer. God and our Father, we do thank you again that you have given us the ability to come together as your people and study your word and to reflect upon it, and uh, we thank you for uh, faithful men and resources that you have blessed us with um, to help us to to better understand your word and your truth. We do pray that we would uh, rightfully understand it, that you would open our hearts and minds to to have the clarity uh, to understand your word in, in the way that you intend, Lord. And uh, we thank you for that word. We thank you for your your special revelation to us. Uh, Lord, and we thank you that um, it gives us clarity on, on these issues and it helps us to understand our own brokenness, our own sinfulness, Lord. And we confess that before you. We confess our brokenness. We confess our sinfulness. and We confess that we have not loved you with our whole hearts, minds, and strength, Lord. And we just pray that you would indeed um, fill us with the Spirit, fill us with your Spirit to, to hate sin and to love righteousness, to seek your face, Lord. And uh, Lord, we pray all these things in the wonderful name of Christ. Amen.